Hey everybody, guess what? It's David Bax here from Battleship Pretension. This episode uh, is going to follow a bit of a different format. Normally we start with uh, a, about a, a 15 or 20 minute uh, warm-up topic before we get into the real topic. We ended up getting so into the topic, that, you know, the warm-up to- topic, that we made it the topic of the show. So uh, I don't want you, uh, you know, you know, 25 minutes in to start getting antsy, when are they going to get to the real topic? You're listening to it. It's the same topic the whole time. But in true Battleship Pretension style, plenty of hilarious tangents. Yeah, all right. Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bass. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, great, I guess. I don't know. I never know how to answer that question. Um, I, here's how I'm doing. I'm uh, morally offended. Okay. All right. I was going to say thanks to uh, Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini for being on the last show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm uh, not morally offended at them. I am a Are little offended bit. At, no, you're offended by something. Yes. But I feel like... Uh, actually, on the internet, I think you can be offended at yeah, someone. Yeah, but I feel like... Uh, like some... like. Uh, never mind. What? What, <laughs> what were you... I, like, I feel like certain like Tea Party type people oh, are... Okay, yeah, you were, you were right. Never mind. Or openly offended at someone. And, well, and like Keith Oberman. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't know, like... I honestly don't know enough about Keith Olbermann to talk about him. Oh, boy. Okay, I've, well, I've watched we'll t- the show a couple times, but not in like four years. I no. know it's not on anymore, right? No, no, he uh, he's not and with He's going the... over to current TV, I think? I don't remember. Um, and um, he seemed like kind of a blowhard, but I don't know. I, you know what? I don't know enough to talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've only seen a few episodes, and uh, yeah, blowhard's a good good word for it. So it's nice to know that there's blowhards on both sides that get offended. But is at he? Man, this is not something I wanted to talk about. We can stop talking about it. No, I I, I want to know because you've had more, and also you're um, further to the right than I am. Yeah, we're both we're both pretty moderate. I would say so. Yes. Um, is he as bad as? Um, he okay. Maybe he's as bad as a Bill O'Reilly. Is he as bad as Glenn Beck? Um, no. I would say I w- I would say his he is the like left version of Bill O'Reilly, whereas like Glenn Beck is is really like his own thing. I don't know if there's a version of him uh, elsewhere. Because okay. um, I feel like I mean Glenn Beck uh, pretty much is not interested in. The truth. He's not really a, a journalist in any sense. Not that Keith Olbermann or Bill O'Reilly are journalists. They're both commentators. But I feel like Keith Olbermann, from what I've been exposed to him, is definitely full of himself. Yep. And definitely makes mountains out of molehills if it's going to make the Republicans look bad. Yeah. You know? Like, I remember the whole thing about uh, back during the campaign, uh, John McCain and, like, not knowing how many houses he owned. Oh, yes, that. You know what? To me, that's 
one news cycle, it's not that big a deal. We know he's rich. Right. And I remember that was one of the few times I watched Keith Overman and got annoyed by him is that he was just like, you think he treats it like it's the story of the century, which is the same thing that Bill O'Reilly does. Yeah, in the other direction. Yeah, and um but but I feel like unlike unlike Glenn Glenn Beck, um Keith Overman doesn't lie. Uh no I don't th- yeah I I don't think he he does I mean he I think he he definitely favors stories that make the left look better than the right yeah or or the right will look worse than the left whichever one uh uh whichever way you prefer to phrase it but uh and and I feel like Bill O'Reilly is mostly this way too I, I guess I prefer the Keith Olbermann type of blowhard to the Bill O'Reilly type of blowhard because I don't like yelling and I feel like Keith Olbermann gets full of himself and up on his high horse, but he doesn't just scream at people. No, it's... But I think that has nothing to do with my political leanings. That's just my personal taste. I think it's a combination of things because he is so smarmy and smug that he makes you want to scream. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a mixture. There is a great show that you and I... that is no longer uh, available that you and I were big fans of called uh, Hudson and Gaines. It was a podcast. It was yeah. a podcast. A, a uh, written, like... Yeah. Like I, I was going to even call it sketch comedy. It wasn't. It was like a serialized, written podcast. Yeah, and it was really wonderful. And it, uh, and it was, it was fictional. It uh, was a political debate show between these two guys in this small town. And what was really great about it was that they each there was the guy on the right and the guy on the left, and each one was the epitome of the of what that stereotype is. Uh-huh. And of course that mean and on the right the stereotype is loud and I would say blustery. Uh-huh. On the left uh quiet and smug and smarmy. And like that's and overly PC to the point of being condescending. Yes, very much so. And so you get these two things and I feel like that's that's what Bill O'Reilly and, and Keith Oberman are is they are Hudson and Gaines but for reals. <laughs> so, but for those that, uh, Hudson and Gaines, all the episodes are still available. And so for those that uh, have not listened to it, go and listen to it. It actually is a lot of fun and, and incredibly yeah. well produced. So, okay. all right then. Oops. I guess we wound up talking about this. Okay. So here's my, my moral outrage. Okay. Uh, I don't even know. It's not outrage. I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm okay. not, I'm not a uh, Bill O'Reilly or Keith Overman here. Okay. Um, I'm just offended because, all right. I believe in capitalism. <laughs> I do. You believe in America, David. I do. I do believe in America, and I do believe in capitalism. I believe it's a system that works. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not a f- complete free market person. I think it needs very strong regulations. You don't play football without a referee, right? Uh, it does need to be Teddy regular. Roosevelt couldn't have said it better. But we also need to understand that capitalism depends on the market, which means it depends on the people, which means it's a democratic form of uh economic form okay and when something's democratic it means that every person who participates in it has a role and a duty and should do their best to execute that role thoughtfully and with regard for its impact on the larger system you lost me did i really no okay (laughs) um (laughs) I like to play this role from time to time. So what I'm saying is that it is our duty as consumers in a capitalist society to be skeptical of advertising. Uh, All right. What are you talking about specifically? 
I'm talking about people who watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials. Okay. Uh, and, you know, more specifically, because this is a movie podcast, people who watch the Super Bowl specifically to see the new Captain America ad or the Super 8 ad um, or Fast Five, whatever. What else? The Eagle? I can't remember what all what all was on there. I think there was an, a new Thor one. I don't know. Um, what just happened there? Oh, this uh, this chair. If you if you uh, take the handle out, like you can lean all the way back, uh-huh. and so the handle sometimes pops out, and then you go what? And you oh, and yeah. you fall. My, all my old work chair used to do that. I would yeah. just suddenly be way more reclined than I meant to be. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I didn't mean to be this relaxed. <laughs> so this is this is what I'm saying that um, if you are if you are tuning in, and I feel like this is just another version of a song that I've sung on this podcast a million times a million times i think that's the name of the song yeah when i when i say that no matter how much you hated clash of the, clash of the titans no matter how much you tore it apart on your blog mm-hmm. obviously you know critics and people who went to critical screenings or or who have enough of a readership to you know warrant uh giving their opinion but it, so i shouldn't have said the blog thing anyway no matter how much you hated clash of the titans you paid to see it and so they won yeah so um, sitting down, tuning into the Super Bowl to watch the ads, they've already won. Now, when you say the ads, you are specifically talking about trailers because you and in I, this case, but in, in this case, general, but you and I were talking before uh, we started recording about this, and and the thing about Super Bowl commercials is that often they are funny and they are entertaining, and yes, they are selling an they ad. Should There's, be. In theory, that's the idea. Right. Um, they're supposed to be entertaining and, and clever and all of that sort of thing. Uh, I did not watch a single second of the Super Bowl. I never do because I don't like football. In theory, that's what the Super Bowl is. Um, did you watch the Puppy, puppy Bowl? Th- the what? The Puppy Bowl. What is that? Really? It's the it's the best thing. I was working all through the Super Bowl. The best counter-programming in the world is that Animal Planet has... They, they, they build this pen that's maybe about, I don't know, 20 feet by 10 feet or something. Okay. And make it up to look like a football field. And then they just let puppies... Fight? No. They just make the... the no, the puppies just run David, around and David, play with David, dog other. fighting is against the law. <laughs> you should not enjoy it. No, they just... It's two hours... Oh, it, there's the kitty halftime show. <laughs> uh, and the chicken cheerleaders. And there's the uh, hamsters in the blimp. Every and new thing a, you're saying is yeah, delightful. And there's a referee. If they do fight, if one of them, if one of the dogs bites, he gets taken out of the game, and you know there's a penalty executed for unnecessary rough, rough, roughness <sighs> or unpuppy-like behavior. How have you never watched the Puppy Bowl? It's the greatest thing. I don't get. I watch the Super Bowl and I DVR the Puppy Bowl so I can watch it afterwards. I don't have Animal Planet. If I did, I would. I would record the Puppy Bowl and watch it. I'm going to say every day. Yeah. I think I would start my day with it. It sounds like the cutest thing ever. It is the cutest thing. And ever. I say that looking at my delightful cat Charlie sleeping on a chair right now. <laughs> so but, what you're saying? Okay, you didn't watch a single second of the Super Bowl because right, yes. you don't like football I don't like football because you're not an American. Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> but uh, viva la anything that uh, you know is not in favor of football. <laughs> I like true football, soccer. That's not true either. Um, yeah, that's. There's nothing to like about soccer. Oh, good. Yes. By all means, let's go down this road. You know, we have international <laughs> listeners, right? Yeah. But, you know, 
if they're soccer fans, they won't really be hurt by my comments. They'll just pretend to be hurt. Oh, okay. Because that's what soccer players do. They pretend to be hurt. Oh, jeez. I am so out of my element right now. Um, <laughs> David at BattleshipPretension.com is how you get a hold of me. Yes, and only send it to him, please. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, don't write an iTunes comment about this. Just send it to him. <laughs> He's the issue. It's not both of us. It's just him. It'll be fun. I don't actually care. I, I'm glad. I'm, glad, I'm happy if you like soccer, but I want to argue with yeah, you're in an argumentative mood. That greasy chicken gets your... Uh, yeah. Gets you know your... what they do play internationally, though? What's that? Hockey. Okay, and you like hockey. Hockey is... There's no uh, there's no, there's no faking it in hockey. Oh, you've my, got, no. You've got frozen rubber flying at 100 miles per hour. You've got, you know, sharp metal blades. Yep. Long wooden sticks. Yep. And men just pounding the shit out of each other. It's... uh. It's 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 definitely a lot more uh, visceral and violent than soccer. And I can it, actually watch live hockey. I yeah. enjoy live hockey. And you'd think these soccer players are getting <laughs> shivved on the field the way they're flopping around out there. <laughs> I am I am okay with this only because you used the word shiv, which I love. So here's what I was going to say, please. Like is, twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh come on. It's we're only twelve minutes in. All right. So much for IMDb. All right. So here's the... No one knows what that means. I, I do, and that's all that matters, obviously. So, but no, uh, Super Bowl ads are often clever and funny, and and yes, they're selling an ad, but it that does actually, when it comes to the Super Bowl, seem to be an incidental thing. And there are people that watch the, the Super Bowl commercials and do in, genuinely enjoy them. That's not necessarily what you're talking about. You're no, talking I, about... I enjoy... I mean... I think a lot of them sucked this year. Okay. But As I con- enjoyed yeah. the commercials. Okay. But you're talking about trailers that are going to... They're nothing... It's not like you're getting footage of the Captain America... You're, uh, of, the, of the Captain America film. You are getting a trailer that, as I mentioned to you, is going to be online immediately, either after the first airing or immediately after the Super Bowl. You're You're just getting to see it first... Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm more talking about the people who are specifically sitting down because they know sometime in this four hour period right. we're going to get the Super Eight, uh, the first Super Eight ad, and um, I, I got to tune in to see that. And you're and, and what what angers? I mean, when you told me about it, when we kind of started talking about this, and this is something that bothers me, is this the attitude of you are going to sit through four hours of something that may or may not interest you? Who knows? But solely because you want to be the first one or among the first million, several million, to see this ad when, as I said, you could just do whatever you want during that four hours. I was working, but I did know that there was going to be a Captain America commercial, and I thought, oh, hey, Super Bowl's over. I think I'm going to go watch that. Uh, I'm going to watch that trailer. It's a short TV spot. You know, it's mm-hmm. not even a full trailer, but uh, I think I'm going to give it a watch. And uh, but that's the thing. I wouldn't have been the first one to see it. I wouldn't have seen it the moment it was there. And there are some people, of course, there are websites that, that websites that are devoted to that to movie news, and that I'm okay with that. But I, but I don't just, know. I don't know that a new ad is news. I, I, maybe that's part of what I'm getting at. But I'm now. If we get into this discussion, I'm going to start offending people that I'm friends with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that a trailer or a poster. Is news? That's right. Yeah, you. I think on on 
I forget if it was on Twitter or something, but you you did specify posters and trailers as being not necessarily news. But to people, admittedly, you and I are pretty pretty nerdy about things, and I look forward forward to like comic book movies and that sort of thing. However, I don't live for them, and there are some people that not to not to you know bash them or anything, but there are some people for whom comic book movies or you know superhero movies or fantasy films horror, whatever, um, that is the type of movie that they specifically like and really what they are nerdy about. And so a trailer, you know, seeing footage of the Red Skull, for example, mm-hmm. is a big is a big thing for them because to them it's just much like but for I guess myself. this goes back to the thing you're talking about about, okay. about being, being first or being early. Like, you know, the, you know for a fact when Captain America, the first Avenger – comes out in movie theaters, you can go there and you can see plenty of the Red Skull. It's going right. to be in the movie, right? But that's month. That's months away, David. I want to. I want to. And also, there is there are multiple industries, not only film, but television and comic books and video games and and books that are churning out. It's not like there's nothing at all to do between the Super Bowl and the day Captain America comes out in theaters. You can sate yourself with other stuff. There's content out there. That's true, but. That's not, this is a, again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm defending it that much, but for example, I was, excuse, excuse me, uh, I was curious to see, I remember seeing the first Captain America movie in 1990 and seeing, uh, don't remember who played the Red Skull, I want to say Ronnie Cox. Oh, is that right? I've never seen it. Okay. Although that might shoot. Ronnie Cox was involved somehow. Are and you I, thinking of Deliverance? I'm thinking of Deliverance. <laughs> I'm thinking of Deliverance. Damn it. <laughs> I always get those mixed up. Um, you know when Ned Beatty throws that shield, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, anyway, but I remember the Red Skull from that. It looked hideous and really, really disgusting. Uh-huh. Um, and there's there is a certain degree of curiosity for me. Like, how much are they going to commit to the concept of a man with a red skull for a head? Uh-huh. Like, I'm curious about that. Just as I was curious, uh, I wonder how on earth they are going to make the Scarecrow look in real life. I've seen it animated. I've seen it in comic books. I'd like to see what they're going to do in real life. Is it going to look silly? Uh-huh. I'm curious to see what they're going to, how they're going to make uh, the Joker look different than the Nicholson Joker, different than the Cesar Romero Joker. Like, there's a certain degree of curiosity... Uh, not necessarily obsession, although there might be that for some people. But f- like for me, like I, I, I was not so curious that I was willing to sit through the Super Bowl for my first glimpse. But when I got the, ch- you know, when I got around to it, and as and I wanted to see it al- almost as soon as I knew it was out there, and I could okay. see it at my earliest convenience. So you are providing a counterbalance to my argument because I, I try to. I mean, obviously, if you go to a movie theater. There's trailers, but even then, I try not to. I don't really look at them. And I wonder, uh, I'll, 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 I'll sometimes like uh, wait until the last what I think is going to be the last trailer to turn off my phone. And I, uh, you know, I, I, I try not. I try not to watch trailers. And that's in. And I don't necessarily seek them out unless it's something, as I mentioned, that I am curious about. Um, and in almost invariably, it's something that I'm curious about from a certain visual uh point aspect like 
like a good example is, oh, I wonder, like anytime there's going to be another Harry Potter trailer, it's like, I wonder what the tone, what the overall tone of that is, because the trailers, I think, for the most part, have done a very good job of approximating the tone of the film. And, uh, and so I'm always very excited to see a Harry Potter trailer. I don't know. Once again, I am not four hours of Super Bowl excited. I yeah. am. Hey, it's on. I just see that's on IMDb. I'll give it a watch. Now, if someone tells me like what happened with Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince trailer when that came out, if someone says, Hey, this trailer is really good. You should check it out. Yeah, I'll watch it. Especially when it's something like Half-Blood Prince that I've already read the book. I already know anyway. Right. And I, I'm not so, uh, anti-trailer that I can't admit when a, a trailer is great. I'm not saying these ads, you know, um, I liked the Captain America ad in the Super Bowl. Um, uh, I'm not saying I can't like them. I'm just saying I shouldn't be anticipating them or looking forward to them. It's just, it just makes me, if I were doing that, I'd feel like I were just eating out of the studio's hand. But, but I think, I think, and here's, here's the difference is that you're eating out of the, you, you are the, admittedly, yes, you are, you are doing, you're doing, a, you're being exactly who the studio wants you to be in that yeah. moment. Somebody who cannot wait. They're so excited. However, it's not just anything. It is something that is that you are already a fan of. And so it's not like y- the studio is dictating to you. It's all, it's almost a Comic-Con mentality. The studio isn't dictating to you what you're going to like. You dictated to the studio by buying comic books or whatever that this is something I like. And the studio is like, okay, well, we'll try and do that and give okay. you what you want. Admittedly, just giving this audience everything they want is not necessarily the best artist best idea artistically but but okay you want you want a captain america movie we'll make a captain america movie here you go it's like all right well let's see how you did okay i'm i'm throwing the comic-con mentality back back at you no i think that's a that's uh, a perfectly valid argument i don't i don't think that that's what people are doing yeah, maybe not. I'm, I think I'm speaking very theoretically but now. I th- but I, you know, it's very the, the people that I was afraid of offending, who are fr- friends of mine mm. earlier, um, would probably might very well might agree with you that they are specifically sitting down to watch an ad with a skeptical eye. They are being skeptical, which is what I started this whole discussion saying you should be. You know, and it's and it's it's interesting. The uh, a lot to we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, it happens to. I think today or yesterday, the first trailer for X-Men First Class yeah. uh, was released. And I had seen images of it, um, again, out of curiosity, because I did not see Wolverine, but I do know that X-Men The Last Stand was something of a train wreck. I did not enjoy it. And so the idea of a filmmaker that I like, which is Matthew Vaughn, and good actors... James McAvoy. It does have a good cast. It has a really good cast all around. I don't around. think I am ready to put my trust in Matthew Vaughn because I didn't. I didn't love Layer Cake. I mostly liked it, but I didn't love it, and I didn't see the other one. Kick ass, yes, <laughs> that one that uh, you are that you you have a disparaging tone about, despite as you just mentioned not having seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um but it's. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I just do that to get a rise out of people. Yes, uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> I have it. You can borrow it. I oh, enjoy the film. I'm probably not going to do that. I know you're not going to do that. <laughs> I've been trying to get you to watch The Proposition for years, and you still oh, haven't. I should, I should watch I want to watch that. Okay. I liked uh, I liked that uh, that fella, John Hillcoat. Yeah. I liked The Road. That's right, you did. I did, too. 
Not that much. Um, I didn't say I loved it. Okay, fair enough. I said I liked it. All right, then. Fine. It was on Showtime as Super Bowl counter-programming. Ugh. <laughs> ah. But I do feel like people who like the road are not necessarily people who like the Super Bowl. Not necessarily? Yeah. I guess so. Man, that is a that's weird counter. Okay, that's we're not going to get into that. But um but yeah, like for example, so I I was curious what a new filmmaker was going to do with these characters and I was curious to see okay, how are they going to at the very least visually interpret Magneto or Charles Xavier before he's in the chair or bald and it turns out he just looks like a guy. Um but uh so like I was curious about that because of various interests of my own. So actually like on 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 Geek Tyrant, mm-hmm. which is a, a pretty much a very good resource for this sort of thing by the way. Like when they say, "Hey, there's new images out." I'm kind of interested. And then the images were pretty awful looking, but sure enough when the trailer, it's like, "Well, the trailer I I was one of these people you're talking about, David." Like <laughs> I thought, "Well, the trailer will give me a better idea of how this movie's going to be because those images do not look good." And then I watched the trailer, and it's a but it's a good trailer. Man, I really wanted this to be a short discussion, but now you, uh, I was just about to wrap we're it up. We're 25 but, minutes but in, but now there. you brought up something else that I, uh, um, I don't think the trailer does give you an idea of what the movie's going to be. The trailer is specifically designed to give you the uh, the marketers and the studios' idea of what they want you to think the movie is. I know that was an even worse grammatical transgression than the one I made last week. But, I think um, I'll need you to repeat that, actually, because I'm not even sure I, I could follow you. The gist of the movie you're getting from the trailer is not necessarily, and, and often, oftentimes not at all, the tone of the actual movie. It's the tone that the marketers in the studio want to uh, send out to you. Oh, absolutely. To entice you. Um, so, yeah, the only way... the uh, I basically the only way that I try to get a feel for a movie uh, of what it's going to be like is when I start reading the reviews. So you, would you say that you don't even like if you look at a filmmaker or a cast or a writer? Or no, yeah, like you know, that? you know what, you're right. But but you are you you already know that you know you like Matthew Vaughn and you like the cast. So if you already feel like this is something that you want to see or interested in. Why do you need further convincing? Oh, I think because, uh, honestly, because something like that, there is a high potentiality uh, of studio involvement. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. more so than anything else Matthew Vaughn's been a part of. But and do you really think you're going to get a sense of that in the trailer, which is, you know, 90 seconds of uh, of a two-hour movie specifically cut together to give you a certain idea? I think you can get a sense of that. For example, Jonah Hex is a character that I've that I, I don't know a lot about, but I've seen in a couple of things and he's always intrigued me. And when I saw that Josh Brolin was going to be playing him, I thought, okay. And then I saw, okay, Megan Fox, who cares? Um and then John Still have Mal- yet to see her in a movie. Really? Well I I saw, saw like part of Transformers. Some of Transformers, but I think in the first forty minutes I don't think she Yeah, I, I guess I've just seen Transformers. Hmm. Did you yeah. see Jennifer's body? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but that's the thing is so like there were a lot of there were a lot of elements that I liked about uh, that that I was encouraged by when it came to Jonah Hex 
then I saw the trailer. And that trailer did not look like the kind of thing that I would, certainly that I would like, but it also didn't look like it was doing justice to the out-and-out Western aspect of that character, which, and Western usually means a certain degree of suspense, uh, not just straight-out action. Like, there's Western action, then there's modern action, and, there's, and they are very different. And it had kind of a modern sensibility, almost like Wild Wild West. Um, oh, okay. And so, and I got a good sense of that from the trailer, and I'm like, oh, okay, you lost me. And sure enough. Well, that brings us to another... F's and one stars all across the board. entirely different discussion that I think we might have already done an episode on at some point, which okay. is whether or not loyalty to source material is important. Didn't we do an episode on that at some point? We did. It's not available anymore. Yeah, we should do that again someday. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's obvi- There's obviously more to say about it. Indeed. Anyway, so um, the do Red we w- Skull. Do we want to do this? Yeah. We are 30 minutes in. We could continue this discussion, I feel like. So here's the deal, everybody. We, uh, okay, we, we had a topic in mind, and then uh, we started talking about this, and now we're going to continue talking about this. Uh, we <laughs> didn't know what the last thing that was said, so this is what I'm saying now. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we edited, which we've... Is, this is the first time in history, right, that we've ever cut out anything from an episode of Battleship Pretension, right? Uh, no, there was a very obvious edit. We even made reference to there being an edit when I once said the name <laughs> of somebody that mistreated me at Blockbuster, and it turns out that person is very deeply yeah, embedded. friends with everyone we've ever had on the show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that includes, like, Mike Vanderweiss and Jason Eakin. He's friends with everybody. Yeah, so really. we did cut that out, yes. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I feel like this is, you know, it, it's... I don't know, it, it's it's interesting because... You don't okay, so you don't you don't enjoy trailers, or rather, you don't seek out trailers. If there's a trailer yeah, I that is, say I don't enjoy. I won't okay. say I don't enjoy trailers. A well-made trailer is its own little movie, kind of. Yeah, and it entertains me. You know, um, I remember back when we first started the show. It might have been on the first episode, maybe the episode that wasn't even released, the practice episode, uh, which basically on previously on my other show we did the same thing. Our first episode we decided not to release, so. I, I wonder how common that is in podcast in the podcast world that the first one ends up just being a practice. Episode. I just released mine, obviously. <laughs> um, in the first episode, I think we were talking about the new trailer for Frank Darabont's The Mist. Oh yeah, and that is a great trailer. It is, yes. and I, I actually never saw the movie. I've heard, I've heard it's, oh, it's not bad. It's, I'd say it's good, very good, not great, flawed. Okay, um, but yeah, that's a great trailer. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I just, I wanted to dispute the idea that i don't enjoy trailers and i and let me let me i want to get back to the the idea of the super bowl for a moment because i wanted to uh play devil's advocate sort of because i'm not totally sure what i think of what i'm about to say which is always fun to start talking and just discover where you're going to wind up (laughs) um the uh so okay there are people that will watch the super bowl for the commercials i'm not talking about trailers they're watching it for commercials. Okay. Yeah. Now, com- now, pretty much everybody agrees that whatever the commercial is selling, it's inc- it's it's incidental, sort of. I mean, we all know that. Hey, that you know, Doritos commercial or that beer commercial, whatever. Um, I like the Doritos commercial with the pug. Apparently, yeah, okay. I just like cute dogs today. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know the one you're talking about. Again, I haven't seen any of these. Okay. But. Uh, but nonetheless, when you make reference to, oh, that Doritos commercial was great, you're still saying the word Doritos. That, that uh-huh. has implanted itself in your head. Yeah. Um, so 
it does. So, of course, the advertising aspect certainly gets to you. So it's not completely incidental. But when it comes to pro- like the product itself, the ads don't often have much to do with the product. It usually, they're almost like little, as, as I just said about trailers, they're like little short films that are often kind of goofy and absurd. And the kind of thing that, uh, you know, my friends and I used to make uh, in high school. I mean, it was it's a, uh, shorter than that, but nonetheless, it's still a lot of fun. And so there are people that watch it for that reason. And I'm actually somewhat okay with that. I'm sure they are bothered by the football sometimes, but because uh, it's like, ah, just get back to the, the fun little short films. But let me ask you this. It, well, what do you think of that in general? The idea of someone watching it for, as as if these were just little, these are just fun short films. I'm torn about it because they can be that, but they are that secondarily. Primarily, they are still advertisements. And I think if it were any other time of year, I would agree with you. But I think when it's the Super Bowl, there is the expectation that it, that it for that four hour, four or five hour span, it is flipped, and it is now. A goofy little, th- a goofy, fun, entertaining thing first, and an ad second. But I guess when I go to see a major studio movie, I can sort of suspend my disbelief or suspend my cynicism enough to say, like, um, this isn't necess- this wasn't got this movie wasn't designed to get me in the theater in order. For me to later buy toys or something, even though some movies are sometimes, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, more often there's a great uh, Mark Harris, who's a great writer, wrote a thing in the most I think the most recent uh, GQ called "The Day the Movies Died" uh, about how uh, studio movie making has become more about just getting young men to see movies because they're the ones who buy the most stuff, hmm. and it. Uh, they're completely uninterested in story anymore. Anyway, um, basically, I can usually trick myself into believing, and, and often it's true that the money that I paid for the ticket was all the money that the studio wanted from me, and that often is true. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're not going to buy the DVD later. Don't align. If the, and if the movie's good enough, I might. Yeah. So it still is tied into this quality thing. Yeah. And, and and what I'm watching is the product. But there's this whole, you know, uh, sleight of hand thing with these with these entertaining ads that the entertainment you get from the ad isn't the product. It's still, it's still entertaining you so that you'll feel good about the word Snickers or the word uh, CarMax or Groupon or Doritos. I do like the word Groupon, by the way. Just because it's <laughs> delightful, so do I. That's, I don't know what they do, actually. Oh, you should you should check them out. Oh, okay. Well, at first they make commercials that are not funny. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I got a yeah. I, I recently bought a Barnes and Noble thing. You don't know how Groupon works, so you won't understand it. Oh, okay. And I have no problem with the fact that we've said Groupon half a dozen times. That's not product placement. I enjoy Groupon. Okay. I'm not being paid to say that. I also enjoy Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> uh, okay, so so okay, so you're saying that that in in your in your opinion, any kind of it's interesting. This this sort of this is going to take us on a slight 
not really a tangent. It still applies. I remember I uh, years ago I had written a script. You've read it called Hitler's Holiday, and it uh-huh. is about uh, Adolf Hitler taking a trip, uh, taking a vacation to the French Riviera with Joseph Stalin, and the two of them just bickering like the odd couple uh-huh. uh, throughout. And both of them are made to look very ridiculous. Is the idea? Uh, a friend of mine. Uh, read that and said that it made him actually very uncomfortable. And I remember asking, why is that? He said, well, because Hitler is portrayed in a positive light. I said, he's portrayed like a child. He's portrayed like a petulant, yeah. self-centered child. And he said, yes, but, you are ma- but you're making people laugh. Admittedly, they're laughing at him, but you're still making them laugh, and thus they're, they're na- they now have a positive association with Hitler and you're downplaying the amount of evil that he did by making him this other thing. I don't think that's true, but I want to... I don't think it's true either. But in fact, it, I know it's not true, but I want to know how, you, how that ties into my argument. Well, just the, just, just the feeling of, like, if there's a product that you already have feelings about and you see a commercial that really, from a... I'm reluctant to say filmmaking, but I'll just use that. From a craftsmanship point of view... Uh-huh. Uh, has very little to do with the product. Like, if you don't like Doritos and you see this commercial, you'll still like the commercial and you're not going to like the the Doritos. Like, it's not like, it's like, oh, that commercial made me laugh. I think I could go for some uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't really like Doritos anymore. Okay. It's not I the used point. to when I was a kid. I liked them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I did too, but we've, we've grown up, and uh, now I like uh, filet mignon, but I... Man, if they made they a Flamin' Young's <laughs> flavors Doritos, man, I'd be all over it. But uh, You know what? I like Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its are pretty good. They're really good. That's neither here nor there. So, I can eat a box of Cheez-Its. <laughs> like, I don't have to be hungry. <laughs> uh, that, that's one serving. Man, I could eat Cheez-Its while engaging in Groupon all day. I don't know <laughs> how... I don't know what Groupon is, so I had to say engaging. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Doing Groupon. <laughs> Do some Groupons. I'm going to buy so many Groupons. <laughs> but uh, the, no, the plural of Groupon is Groupon. Oh my! <laughs> Ugh. Like moose. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So, what's but more I, fun to say, Groupon or moose? Well, you're saying moose weird. Moose. You're saying moose <laughs> like a psychopath. <laughs> I'm having fun with it. Oh, okay. All right, let's get back onto laughing at Hitler. Okay. Well, no, not what I was saying is that like just because you're making just because you're making someone laugh in reference to this thing that they may feel ambivalent about, they may not like, or they may like it. I don't think that that's even though it's a product that you see every day. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily going to make them love that thing. And so I think you actually can separate the craftsmanship of the commercial. You can separate that from the fact that it is a commercial at all. And in that sense, I'm actually... If it, you're talking too abstract. I need an example because they still these things still feature the products. I suppose so, yeah. Um, well, I would love to give you an example, but as I've said, I haven't seen any. I am speaking... <laughs> you uh, could go with past Super Bowl commercials or past just commercials How many really Super Bowls like. do you think I've seen in my life? Uh, well, let's one. See, there have I've been, been 45. Okay. I've not been, al- been around that long, them, yeah. Because you're only 43, um. <laughs> and I got a birthday coming up, David. Uh, no, no, you've seen one. I've seen one. Which one? Uh, I'm going to say 96, 97. What teams were playing? Uh, the Broncos and another team. Okay. And it was the first uh, year that the Broncos won. I lived in Denver at the time, and so I kind of got roped into it. 
and uh, I did not care. I did find some of the commercials funny. Like, I found them a delightful distraction. Um, I could not... At the same time, I couldn't tell you what the commercials... I couldn't tell you what what product they were for or why they were funny. Um, so I guess I don't remember either one. But, you know, if there You've was... You've seen a, commercials you like, right? Uh, yes. Okay, let's let's try this. Uh, there's a uh, beef jerky commercial that involves people screwing around with Sasquatch. Okay. I don't like those. I like, you know who's, uh, shoot, now I don't remember his name. There's a guy that shows up in a lot of uh, David Wayne stuff. Uh, shoot, and he's been on, damn it. And he's been on Never Not Funny. He's a funny guy. Joe Latrulio? Joe Latrulio, thank you very much. He He's shown up in, I think, one or two of those commercials. Oh. And I find him very funny. And I... I like those commercials usually because Sasquatch still wins and beats the hell out of people, which is to me funny. Um, not not the le- not uh, not least because no, that's not the way to phrase that. I feel like it is not, not least, least because, because okay uh, because uh, when I was younger, I wrote a horror story called Sasquatch, in which Sasquatch kills a lot of people in the goriest way possible. But anyway. Uh, but I enjoy those commercials, and I know that it's for beef jerky. I couldn't tell you the name of the beef jerky company, oh, no um, but uh, so but I enjoy those commercials, and I'm pr- I'm sure some people are like you really you like the Sasquatch beef jerky commercials. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if that's that funny. Right, but I, I'm only it's not like I'm you know queuing them up uh, late at night and just laughing my ass off like a psycho, <laughs> but uh, you know like Travis Bickle. No, Max Katie is what I should have said, ah. and so. Uh, which which one? Which Max Katie? The one that laughs crazily in the movie theater. But they that both do. I'm just saying. No, the first one doesn't. There's no see, scene like that in the movie theater with oh. uh, Mitchum. But uh, is it there? What? No, it's not. I've seen the original Cape Fear a lot. I've seen it once. Okay, I've seen it probably eight times. Okay. And I don't remember. But now you now you've got me doubting, and now I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so. So I think like th- those those commercials I don't necessarily love them but the the first thing that popped into my mind uh I do I enjoy them but I still like I said I can't remember the name of the of the ad man this is not even where I wanted to go I was trying to make one point to lead to the to get me to the trailers somehow okay where you can you can appreciate you know so maybe perhaps some people are watching the trailers because Admittedly, it's the first time they're going to see them, but they also enjoy a well-made trailer, and they know that the trailers are probably going to be well-made if they're going to be airing at the the Super Bowl. And so they're excited to see for the film itself, but they also... It's like the Transformers 3 trailer that... Have you seen it? Which one? The Super Bowl one or the... Well, uh, the... The moon one. No, I've seen the Super Bowl one. Okay. Is the Super Bowl one remarkably different? It doesn't have any of that moon stuff that I've heard about. Okay, well, the Moon ones it's a fun trailer, That's right here. and it tricks you into thinking, oh, maybe, oh, wait, no, what am I talking about? I'm not going to see that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so there's, but there's a certain expectation both for commercials and I would say also for trailers that, hey, we're going to see trailers of movies, the trailers are going to be a lot of, are probably going to be a lot of fun, and yes, they're still selling something, which is the film itself, um, but it's, it's still a, a fun thing that I can enjoy. And uh, I don't know. I'm just. I guess I, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I, as much as I do like demonizing people, like Keith Oberman. I. Uh, I don't know. You I mean, guess you like demonizing people like Keith Oberman, or like Keith Oberman, you like demonizing people. You know what? Both. <laughs> um, I'll take him. 
And uh, and so I guess I'm I, I'm reluctant to just say like ah you've you know you've bought into their bullshit man like I don't want to be that. So that's me. That's you. <laughs> that's that's your sentiment. Okay. You don't talk like that, but yeah, that's the sentiment. I don't talk like you that. You don't have long hair or nothing. Although you no. do have a snazzy pair of jeans. I am wearing jeans. Yeah, that's weird. I it's, bought two weeks ago. Two weeks ago today, mm-hmm. I bought a pair of jeans. It's the first time I have owned a pair of jeans since I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I've never seen you wear a pair of jeans in the... Until this day. In the 12 years since I've known you? Yeah, coming up on 12 years. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, this is the f- tonight is the first time I've seen you in a pair of jeans. And it's weird. It's very strange. <laughs> well, they're, so, they're comfy. But uh, now, yeah, you just seem like a mountain man now. <laughs> but uh, who hates corporate America and is? By the way, I'm wearing a collared shirt with buttons on it, tucked in. I don't feel like a mountain man at all. Yeah, and I'm wearing a t- I'm wearing a t-shirt and jeans. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm sorry, I should say I don't feel like a mountain man at all. Oh, good God! Um, all right, we've been <laughs> you've been making your point for the past seven and a half minutes. Okay, you got. Do you have? No, I mean finish the point because I keep interrupting. I guess it was just that uh, that I. And and I and I did a little bit. I mean, we keep going round and round. I don't know. Maybe we're just really bothering the listener. I don't know. But uh, at the same time, I find this kind of thing interesting because these, I, I think these are the kinds of questions. These are the kind of conversations that people should be having about advertising in general, but also the way studios work and all that sort of thing. That said, if somebody does happen to enjoy those commercials or they seeing the trailers is a priority for them. Though I don't, un- though I don't necessarily understand it, and I certainly don't partake, I understand it to a point where I will seek it. I will seek out a trailer of something I'm in- so you mildly. Do partake. In- uh, I won't. But I you won't let sit down to watch the Super Bowl. Is what right. You're I won't let. Th- I won't them. That sounds terrible, but no. But it's right. I won't let them dictate when I'm going to see it. I'll see it when I want to see it. It doesn't sound terrible. It is right. There is. There is a them. There is a them. It's not like some made up like. They implanted a chip in my brain. It's not the Adjustment brain. Bureau. <laughs> right. There is a them. They are the studios and their marketers, and they are not interested in making art or telling you stories. They are interested in the money in your wallet. Right. And that, that is the, the bottom line and the top line. That is the thing they are interested in, uh, and... Everything else is in service of that. Everything else they do is in service of that. And we should always keep that at the forefront of our minds. Even when we are entertained or moved or or, or had our, have had our mind changed by their product. That's the artists. And, okay. The people who are financing the movie, the people who are selling it to you, don't care what effect the movie had on you. Because by the time you saw it, they've already got your money. That's what they wanted. Let me ask you this. I'm going to embrace the Comic-Con thing again. Okay. Whether they like whether whether it's all about the bottom line for them or not cuz that's the thing. The Dark Knight. Uh-huh. Making a Batman movie? Uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Excuse me. Um making a Batman movie? That's a that is a profitable uh venture, venture yeah. for the for Warner Brothers. Mhm. And man, oh man! Now, and now there's toys. That, like, it's not like uh, you know other superhero movies where maybe there's not going to be quite as much tie-in stuff. This is Batman, Batman. Uh-huh. All right, and so the Batman, the, Batman. <laughs> the Darknet, 
It doesn't work the other way. So uh, I'm so proud of you for trying it, though. <laughs> but uh, so the so there. I mean, the studio. I mean, they're on freaking cloud nine. I mean, they're they're so excited to do all of this. But it. Who cares what they want? It's st- th- like the they the Christopher Nolan still made a good movie that was affecting to people and was legitimately art. And. And Batman is just as much a product, if not more, than Doritos. Yeah, but I'm saying you didn't necessarily... I mean, yes. At the end of the day, you didn't have to see it to know it was good. But... none of the You didn't have to see any of the ads or anything. That's what, that's what critics are for. Okay. You know, they, they see things preferably for free. Although, you know, they're... Couple studios making that hard for Battleship Pretension right now. We're trying to get into uh, writing more reviews and blogs on the website, and uh, in, in independent uh, uh, places. And, and, and a couple of the major studios have been very helpful. A couple of the others, tough nut to crack. Well, I got to say, they're afraid. They're afraid <laughs> that we're going to take them down, like uh-huh. like I did Nomeo and Juliet, <laughs> and you did No Strings Attached. You know, uh-huh. they're 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 afraid that the battleship's going to sink them. <laughs> All right. All right. Torpedo them. Oh, absolutely. Um, Full speed ahead. Right. <laughs> into not liking movies. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I was hoping that uh, we would have been put on so, the uh, on the on the list for Sanctum because uh, I kind of wanted to see it, is though it's getting bad reviews. Well, I'm the, I don't want to say which studios I'm still trying to get. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, on board. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, critics—they see the movie for free. You should, you should read them. Uh, but I guess I understand. I understand being loyal to a character like Batman, but then again. It's not the same people writing it every time, right? Uh, I feel like I feel like they're relying on brand loyalty. Maybe that's what this all gets to at the end of it. Is uh, I, you know, I'm thinking about Mark Harris's article in in GQ, which I definitely recommend people read because uh, that guy's really smart. And writes Perhaps really, I will uh, put well. a link to it uh, um, on the blog. Okay, for this I, I, I have the physical. I don't know if it's on the oh okay on the website. Or I'll look. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Uh, or it will be maybe once there's a new issue on the stands. Um, to go back to what he talks about, maybe the problem is branding. That they make movies based on brands that exist because people have brand loyalty. And, and they have some sort of association. It's why you get movies like Yogi Bear where... Yeah. I mean, children seem generally aware of Yogi Bear, though to my knowledge there hasn't been a new cartoon of it in decades. Right. But somehow it has just sort of sunk into the cultural, you know, children's cartoons, Hanna-Barbera, you know, zeitgeist kind of thing. And to the point where it's like, hey, Yogi Bear, they're making a movie of Yogi Bear. Everyone knows what Yogi Bear is. Right. Though there's not much to that character. Uh, I'm just, I, so, yeah, we should be more interested in character and story and message and artistry than in the brands uh the problem it's it's a a really you know i've been like most of the episode i've been very decisive this is how i feel about this this is what i believe you should 
do in the way that you is best to think about about movies and i i generally believe that but at the end of the day um i do understand if you love captain america wanting to see it no matter what right i think uh some of the you know um nerd community has more of those things than i do because i have very few harry potter is kind of the main one yeah like this last harry potter movie comes out even if everyone in the world every critic ever says it's terrible i'm gonna go see it yeah but uh so i'm definitely you know i'm not uh above reproach myself but um i don't have that many i guess it's not if if you have too much brand loyalty you're 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 the problem <laughs> oh good yes. i'm trying to soften let's, it let's end on that um yeah i mean it's just because that's the thing is one could make the argument let's let i'll go back to to batman because i was going to say that that yes like there are different people writing him uh in various you know comic books movies tv shows whatever like very different but you have faith in the character which is to say you have faith in the brand uh that it is strong enough that it can transcend whatever but that but that's not true Joel Schumacher comes along and destroys that brand like for years and yeah. but at the same time uh, yeah the thing is superhero stories and even Harry Potter stories are uh, like the world of Harry Potter is sort of just broad and basic enough that anything set in that world or even with that character could be great or could be awful. Yeah, it really could. I mean, with with the Harry Potter films, I think we've gotten incredibly lucky, and I think some of that probably has to do with the author being so active Uh uh, a role in in the the production of the films. Um, But I also wonder, like, for example, let's say you love... Let's say you love the character of Captain America in... You know, comic books, uh, let's say you like that ill-conceived 1990 film, <laughs> um, and you, you love him so much that you want other people to see him, and you want to see him at his best, and so you're absolutely going to see this film, and you want people to watch the trailer, you want to get other people excited, because even if the movie's not very good, Captain America, the first Avenger, even if the movie's not very good, he will then people will be whipped up enough about Captain America that the movie will be something of a success, and then maybe he's back. Maybe people are aware of him to the point that... I, I This is... What I'm about to say is uh, purely uh, theoretical. It's not a real thing. Let's say people did not like Batman Returns. Okay? A lot of people didn't, actually. A lot of people really... I, I remember I was 10 when it came out. A lot of my friends didn't like it, I liked it, but not for the same reasons I like it now. Um, it was just so warped and weird that I just really responded to it, but for that same reason, a lot of people just didn't know how to take it, and I yeah. can't say as I blame them. However, let's say nobody liked Batman Returns. It still did well, because it's a Batman movie, but nobody liked it. But it did well enough that Batman the Animated Series com- came from it, which is what happened. Um, okay. The Tim Burton films did so well that 
It's like, I guess there's a demand, and we got to do what we can. And before you know it, Batman the Animated Series, which I would actually say is the best representation of Gotham City and Batman ever, um, but that's my personal opinion, um, you know, that came about because of because Warner Brothers had done such a thorough branding and franchise type franchising type job with Batman to the point where Batman Returns not a critical smash and people didn't necessarily love it or or really embrace it but they want, all went to see it because it's Batman and while and good things came from it even if the thing itself was not I don't know even if you're saying even if Batman Returns had been terrible Right. It still would have been successful enough to make Batman the Animated Series feasible. Yes. And that's why we got that great show. Yes. And so I think good things can come from branding, and I can understand. So, like, let's say Captain America's bad, but it made enough money that someone decides, I want to do a Captain America cartoon. I don't think that would happen, but I want to do that. And then the cartoon's amazing. Before you know it, someone who's a big fan of Captain America, maybe they hoped that would happen, is just this is going to sound strange, raising awareness of the character. Uh, and so it's like, well, I'll raise whatever awareness I can. You know, I'm reminded of, God help me, I'm reminded of something that Bill O'Reilly said uh, <laughs> back when Pearl Harbor came out. Pearl Harbor, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. However. That's the same time we brought up Michael Bay. I'll let you get back to this. Okay. I want to say, like, I probably won't see Transformers 3 either. But... There's a part of me that still holds out hope for Michael Bay. Like, I still think someday he could make a movie that is really great. The failure of the island, I think, has uh, made that impossible. Really? Yeah. Because the first half but, of the island was pretty good, and it was very it was a different thing for him, and it was a financial failure, and I think... And then the next thing he did was Transformers. But I, I think, think he could go in the... If he keeps going in the direction he is, he could make some sort of, like, nigh-experimental, anti-humanist, just mechanical assault on the senses that is revolutionary. I think he already has twice. Oh, I and now I there's a third one coming out. Yeah. But I, I but just maybe if he I guess take like just take away story. Okay, yeah, it's you got to see these movies. Uh okay. he's these are the oh, quid- We'll take away relying on racial stereotypes for Comic relief. Okay, fair enough. Quote unquote comic relief. So that's the one thing. That's a through line in pretty much all of his movies. Oh, like, yeah. I watched The Rock again fairly recently, and it is like cringe inducing. Uh, the way that like the like the tourists get locked up, and it's the like fat sassy black lady who's <laughs> mouthing off. Uh, it's uh, it's offensive. Anyway, sorry. That- back to your point about Michael Bay. Uh, well, something that Bill O'Reilly said that I don't that I didn't agree with at the time, and I don't think I agree with now. But he had said that he didn't like Pearl Harbor, but that he was okay with people seeing it because it's it reminded people of the sacrifice made by you know uh, those you know Navy men on that fateful day, and uh, and so what? Okay, hang on. What are you about to? You're laughing at me. What are you going to say? I don't, I don't. I. I didn't say anything because I couldn't think of how to put into words why that phrase was funny to me. Uh, what happened to those, those uh, navy men? Navy men on that. Day. Is it little Regis? <laughs> <laughs> little Regis. That's exactly Philbin. what it was. It was a little Regis <laughs> on that uh, fateful day. Uh, although actually, I just anyway. Um, and so now I don't necessarily agree with that because part of me is like, hey, you want to. 
you want to raise awareness, why not make, a, if you're going to do it anyway, why not make a good movie? <laughs> That's my opinion. But uh, but at the same time, one could say the same thing about Cap- Captain America, and they're just like, I love Captain America, I like what he stands for. Admittedly, the character was created uh, as a propaganda tool, but I like what he stands for. There are things that have, that the character has done since then that even I know about that I think is awesome, where... Uh, I didn't read any of these comic books, but the Marvel Civil War, did you know anything about that? I don't know. Where, uh, uh, long story short, uh, the government decides that superheroes should unmask themselves and register and people know who they are and all that sort of thing. Uh, Captain America says that that is like an invasion of privacy, although I I don't know how he gets around the idea that vigilantism is like a bad thing and illegal. But whatever. But okay, I, okay, okay. I only know Captain America comics from like the '60s. Right. This but was like he's not a really few years ago in the '60s. He's not really a vigilante. Like no, yeah, he's sponsored the government by the, are pro Captain America. Right. And but there's a moment when basically what he's, happened he's is a soldier. What happens is he actually goes against the government because he says this is un-American. This idea of like this. Uh, Invasion of privacy is is un-American, and so when he's Captain America, yeah, like he's Captain America, like he fights for the idea of America, not necessarily what it is all the time. Yeah, and so stuff like that—that's what can happen in this country. Because you know why? Because this is the greatest country. You know why? Because we don't like soccer. Oh, (laughs) I really wish we could end there because that's a good capper. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of where I was going. Oh, okay. (laughs) But what? I, but yeah. Well, I'll summarize by just saying that like there are some people that love Captain America so much that they are willing that they may be willing to play their part when it comes to the branding and turning it into a franchise because they believe in the character and they want other people to see it. Okay. And so I don't know. It, we we've gone I, we've gone round and round, and I don't think we've arrived I, anywhere. Well, I, I I'll say this. Here's where I've arrived. Okay. Because I do feel like you've done a. A very good job of making some arguments that have softened my stance. Oh, good. Um, and I guess it's it's easy in the abstract to rail against products and advertising. But when the product is art, it blurs the lines. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not like... You know, I, I'll happily buy a two-liter of Shasta if it's cheaper than the two-liter of Pepsi... Because uh, Pepsi doesn't like move me or make me think about the world differently. <laughs> Although I do actually like to spend more for Pepsi because um, of some of the causes they donate to. Oh. Um, now I got to look those up because I may not like them. It's mostly like uh, they like like um, Glad, like gay, gay and lesbian oh, okay. stuff uh, that Pepsi donates to. That I, I, I like to support that. Anyway. Uh, I just can't. I can't not get off track. Like it's in my blood. I have to go on a tangent. Okay, where are we headed now? No, I, or I that just was did. It. That okay. was it. Okay, so yeah, it's it's easier to take a stand against advertising when it's advertising a product that doesn't enrich your life. I don't know, man. But I, there's I, a certain Doritos are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a certain amount of. Uh, acquiescence we have to be okay with we have to be okay with the fact that they're the, the people who made the, the people at Warner Brothers are uh, 
they got our money from these Batman movies. We have to be okay with that because the movies are art. Yeah. And, and, and they and they moved us in and, and the Dark Knight I mean, I know you are still in the camp of liking Batman Begins better, but Yes. Uh the the Dark Knight is uh for as clunky as some of the dialogue is it's uh, about as nuanced a look at um the bush administration's foreign policy as we've ever gotten nuanced is a good word for that because i because it's not purely condemning no but it, and it, and it's not purely uh supporting either right um i mean the dark knight and batman in general is sort of about uh, moral flexibility. <laughs> well, and it's also it, it also is in, in the character of the Joker. He it, he's questioning the establishment, even from even when the establishment is a philosophy, like the idea of morality and the way society is structured. And that's something that is very that one. It's like wow, a studio put this out. Studio is <laughs> about as establishment as you get. But that's and that's what I that's what I like about this sort of thing is that like is that the studio in the name of commerce funded something that is that, like they Trojan horsed some art on, on them. And it's like, yeah, what do you think of that? We took your, uh, we took your little plan and I turned it back on itself. See, I'm quoting the Joker now. <laughs> and that's what's always, that's what's always happened. So, um, yeah, I guess you have, you, you have definitely softened my stance a little bit, uh, because when, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're tuning in just to see the Super 8 ad, you are supporting Paramount, but you are also supporting J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg. And you kind of, they kind of have to go hand in hand. And here's, here's, here's what I'll say as far as the things that you've said uh, to me. Uh, I hate you. I'm joking, of course. Uh, actually, you've... <laughs> no, you... Because I... Everything that I said is based on an ideal that may or may not actually exist. Like somebody who loves what Captain America stands for, especially in the last few years, and that's why they did this. Not Certainly they're not some sort of, I'm sorry everybody, internet nerd who uses this as some sort of point of pride that they were the first one to post about this. Certainly not that. No, it's, if you it's want to be the first one, by the way, to comment on the episode, oh, you can do that on our new blog at battleshipretention.com. That's true. Well done, David. Um, and so, see, we're selling a product, um, <laughs> but it will enrich your life. Nobody's buying it. <laughs> but uh, the and so, you know, so I'm speaking about like so, someone who oh, they embrace art and all that, and chances are that's not the case. And so, a good, I think, a good rule of thumb is that like. Really, everything is a product. Certain, you know, whether it be Doritos or the Groupons or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or Batman and Harry Potter and Wolverine and all these other things. By the way, I've got an extra ticket to see the Groupons this weekend. You want to oh, go with me? <laughs> that's very exciting. Um, and so the, uh, but anytime you find yourself, and this kind of is, is the same thing for me. Like, why did I so badly want to? Why did I immediately jump at the chance to watch the? the new X-Men trailer aside, like there's my own curiosity, but is it really that, or is that I've just been trained to, Oh, Hey, IMDB says like, Hey, the trailer's available. And I just like, Oh, this must be a big deal. Then if there wasn't a big ad, 
touting, "Hey, look at this," and there was just, and it was just a note somewhere. Would I be so eager to to click on it? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think asking why you're so why you're so eager to do this, and this is something and I need is to ask it myself. To be so eager, exactly. And it might be something I'm, you know, Harry Potter. I'm eager. Yeah. I'll do it. You know. Yeah, but you know, I, um, I don't think I watched any trailers for. I can't remember if I watched any trailers for Deathly Hallows Part One. And I probably won't watch any for Deathly Hallows Part Two. And it wasn't because I didn't want to be spoiled because I've already read them. Right. Uh, I'm just saying the movie's going to come out the day it's going to come out, whether I watch the trailer or not. Right. Um. So it's. Uh, I still don't necessarily see. How advertising is important to uh, in enjoying the actual product, the actual work of art, but um, you've definitely given me a lot to think about. Okay, good. I'm so glad. if you, if this episode has given you things to think about, you can head over to battleshipretention.com and um, comment on the on the episode, or you can uh, comment on on our on our message board, um, and also if you. You know, would like to tell me exactly how to sum up this episode, which I will have already done by the time you've heard it, but I have no idea what I'm going to write in the episode description. Uh, you can email me at david at battleshipretention.com. You can also email Tyler um, about why he should like Keith Overman more at tyler at battleshipretention.com. Oh, good God. <laughs> you can uh, follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter. At twitter.com slash more lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at more than one lesson.com or in iTunes. And you can find my other podcast, the weekly television review podcast, previously on at previouslyonshow.com or in iTunes. You said previously on show, David. Speaking of shows. Speaking of shows. Yeah, that's how I did that. A show of shows. A show to end all shows. No, there's going to be more afterwards. There, there are going to be more, assuming that we don't die. Um, March 5th. It's a Saturday. Uh, Meltdown Comics. 7522 Sunset Boulevard in the beautiful Hollywood neighborhood of <laughs> Los Angeles, California. Um, are that, yeah, that's... I think people like think of that as West Hollywood, but I think technically that's I still, think it's still technically Hollywood, yeah. It's still Los Angeles. Because yeah. West Hollywood is its own city. Oh, okay. Um... So I think it is in Los Angeles, but it's near West Hollywood. March 5th, 8 p.m., 5 bucks, free beer. Tyler and I are going to be there. Oh, boy. Um, again, the beer is free, but to be bartender. Indeed. We're going to have a stellar lineup of guests. Indeed. We can we can say that now, though. Yes, they're all people who have been on the show. Yep. Everyone from the very recent Michelle Balloon. Yep. Just two episodes, just two weeks ago. She was here. Three? Three. Three weeks ago. Um, we've got Jim Bruce from the Paul Goble Show. Right. He's been on the show. Uh, he's been on our show once. Once. We've been on his show many, many times. Many times. I, I don't actually know how many times. That's how often. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, we've got the star of Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Well, and also, I, I have to assume if you listen to this, you probably, not necessarily, but you probably listened to Comedy Death Ray Radio, that podcast. There's a, there's a good chance yeah. that you have listened to. So if you've heard Huel Hauser, if you've heard Jesse the Body Ventura, if you've heard, who else does he do? Paul Giamatti. 
Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens. Uh, that's the voice of our guest, friend of the show, James Adomian. He'll be there knocking yep. your fucking socks off. Absolutely. With not only his great impression. Here's what's so great about him. He does perfect impressions almost. They're in, very good. In many cases, they are perfect. But he's not just an impressionist. He's a comedian. He yes. does the impression, then he makes it hilarious. Yes, that is a big difference between him and other impressionists. Some co- yeah. uh, Pardo says it all the time. Jimmy Pardo says it all the time on his show that the problem with most impressionists is, wow, that's a dead-on impression. It's a shame they didn't give him anything funny to say. Yeah. Uh, and also, James Adomian, outside of being an impressionist, is a hilarious comedian. Yes. He, this guy's going to rock you. Rock your socks off. But Absolutely. he's not even going to be... He's not the last person to go on. He's not even the headliner. He's the first person. Yeah, because you you, you start the leg of your relay with your second strongest... Anyway, anyway. Well, now we're insulting Michelle Balloon and Jim Bruce. So, well <laughs> done, David. Uh, yeah, I really did... Uh, pump up james adomian but between the time that he was on our show before and now he's really blown up with the comedy death ray radio thing and he was on last comic standing he's on last comic standing speaking of last comic standing we talked about it with him when he was on the show all the way from beautiful canada somewhere earth canada the world where they love hockey and they are real men and they hate soccer i'm sure they do um Sean Cullen. Sean Cullen, absolutely. Star of stage and screen. Indeed, yes. And he's uh and he is the star. He has his own uh, Comedy Central special and David it is one of our absolute favorites. We we it love is. that one. Speaking of impressions, he does a he does a great Neil Young in, <laughs> in that special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good guy. So it's a good lineup. Everybody please come yeah, he's out. He's coming he's coming from Canada specifically to do this show. Yeah, I gave him a call. He said, <laughs> "I'll be right there." I said, "Not not don't come yet. March 5th." You can stay in Canada for a little while longer. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so so come on out to that, and uh, yeah, I think that is that is it. Yeah, that's all uh, we have. The to donation right drive now. is going to be after the show, uh, yeah. after the live show in, in March. Uh, after we've sort of exhausted our coffers, uh, putting yes. on the show, we'll start refilling them by doing the donation drive again. But feel yes. free to hit the donate button between now and then. Give us a little something to live on. Absolutely. You know. Help pay, uh, help pay for free beer for the the Los, Los Angeles, the Angelino listeners. Indeed. And, uh, you know, and that new website uh, didn't pay for itself, you know. No, it didn't, but it uh, was worth it. It is, uh, I'm very happy with it. I am as well. And uh, and there's new blogs, uh, new entries uh, pretty much every other day at this point from our various no, bloggers. Pretty much every day there's something. That's true, yes. Or it, it at least averages out to at yes. least one a day. Like, for example, uh, there were... Like today is Thursday. I think there were two things yesterday, one th- one thing today, and so uh, yeah, a lot of great articles being written. Uh, some interesting series. Uh, Kyle Anderson is starting a series on uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick in reverse. He's already got Eyes Wide Shut up there. Yeah. So what's the next one? Full the next one jacket? will be Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So look, uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah. So and we have a new blogger, Scott Nye. Welcome aboard. Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a foghorn. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. What do fogs, foghorns have? They don't have anything to do with battleships. <laughs> I'm sure battleships have them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. It gets they got to bo- pull into port in the, in the fog. It gets right? foggy out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is ridiculous. Oh, man. Okay. I'm excited, though, because now we still have this uh, awesome topic for another day. Oh, okay, all right. But, so. All right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.